Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Reboot Ed, the podcast where we talk about big issues in education and hardly ever come up with any answers. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Vollmert. Um, my co-host, Andrew Schwab, is once again MIA, but uh, we're going we're gonna to push on anyway. We're really excited to have Jess Bowler with us. Jess is the principal at PK-8 um, Elementary School in Yuma, Colorado. Jess, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Um, Jess, I, I, I had the, the great opportunity to, to read your blog, and I was absolutely enthralled with the work that you're doing um, and, and really excited to have you on the show to share that work. Uh, you took a look at your students and you took a look at some work done by some folks at Stanford and created a whole program around the concept of a growth mindset. Um, I, I'm curious from a couple standpoints and, and we'll get into that, but first talk about your school um, in terms of the kids that you work with and talk about how it is that you came to see the need for a program like the one that you put together. Sure. sure. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, as you said, I'm the pre-K through 8th provincial school. I'm primarily state and middle school. Middle school. Uh, at our middle school, we have 225 students, and that's in grades 5 through 8. So we're roughly about 55, 60 kids grade level. Uh, 5 through 8 is probably not the best model for a middle school, but it's, it is what it is. What it is. But you know that's on the northeastern plains of Colorado. One of the things you referenced the blog and things you mentioned in there is access can definitely be an issue for us. And access to resources, going to the front is not easy. Um, um, uh, front range, range in the upper area, uh, that's where the, the closest access is. But resource also personnel-wise, usually we'll get teachers out here for a couple of years as kind of a stepping ground to move on and go back to teach at Denver where they probably make money, uh, generally have a family, and, and again, back to the access of the city line. Uh, we don't want to use that as an excuse, however, around here. And that's really what prompted us to investigate what really could we do. And we don't want to use our limitations as an excuse for not giving students what they need. And so that's, that's really what prompted us out here. We have a phrase that we use, which is Latin for creation that's essentially, that's essentially what MindWorks mind is. There are courses out there and there are other courses out there that go by the name of MindWorks. Our calling it is pure happenstance. We didn't research what those programs do. And as you referenced, the workout Carol Dweck, Andrew Duckworth, and some others. Uh, those are what inspired our, our course that we created. So, um, tell me about your students. Um, are are these um, what 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 kind of kids are you working with? And sure. Our our school, our community, uh, Yuma, Colorado. We're about fifty community, fifty percent Hispanic, fifty percent English. Uh, and with that is a high percentage, becomes a high percentage of English as second language students. And, uh, you know, we bring in a lot of them. Uh, we have fog operation here, a lot of agricultural related uh, industries around here, which bring in a lot of others. Uh, and of course, the kids can get along with us. Uh, and then on the the spectrum of that is uh, a well-off 
Um, um, those who those who come from that farming background have established land, land yeah, and livestock in the area, area. Uh, and so there is there is a wealth as well as well. So quite 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 into the spectrum. So you've got a mix of relatively high socioeconomic status students and low socioeconomic students. Do you have a lot of migrant kids um, with the agricultural work? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it sounds from that standpoint kind of similar to my district. Um, but um, you know, here on here on the plains, demographically speaking, we're no different than a Denver public school. The only difference is where they have ten thousand, we have a thousand. Right. Percentage-wise, so so you took a look at your kids. Or you you somehow how did you learn about the the, the mindset work of, of Dweck and, and the folks at Stanford was you know it, it, it's just been a it's really been an organic process um, um, as far as jumping into the research it's just been very very gradual gradual. You know, as a as an educator of fifteen years, uh, principal of principal of four years, I've always found myself saying, you know, what what do students do to make themselves successful? Uh, education, uh, you know, and I, I know there are two sides of the pencil, but education has jumped the shark uh, long ago, and we simply simply are not giving giving the need. In order to be order successful, there are so many buzzwords that work around uh, 21st century college and career ready and related terms. But then what we do is we try to quantify what we're talking through, standardize paper and pencil, that type of thing. And that's simply not. That's simply not the pathway to success for students. And the work of Carol Dweck um, and her colleagues, um, most of them at Stanford. For for those of you um, listening, Carol Dweck wrote a, a really incredible book called um, Mindset, and um, the premise of the book is that. Um, People in general are of one of two mindsets, either what she calls a growth mindset or um, what she terms a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset person is somebody that believes um, in any given area that they have uh, a finite level of ability or potential to do things. So when it comes to school, um, kids think they're only so smart um, when they're faced with a relatively dis difficult or challenging task, they tend to give up fairly early, and they don't show a lot of tenacity or grit uh, from the standpoint of trying to work through a problem and solve it. They just kind of cave. Other students, though, um, and other people in general, have a, a mindset that says, okay, this is hard, but I know I can do this, and they persevere and, and keep working on it. So Jess, what you've done is you've actually ingrained work on this into your curriculum. It's actually a class, right? It is a class. We run it through. We felt the best way to do this was to run it through our counseling program. Uh, and I have a middle school here, a very solid counselor. I prefer to call her a technique and problem solver because really that's what that's what is. Uh, but, uh, she, but she runs our middle school counseling program, and we felt we that that was the best job for us to implement this class. So you two sat down and and organized this thing, and then put it into the curriculum. Does every student take that class? Currently, every student, uh, minus just a few, for a variety of reasons do take the class, and that's students in grades 5 and 5. And that's every day? That is every other day, 30 minutes every other day. Okay. Uh, and actually, next year, 
what we're looking look to is we're incorporating it a little bit differently from the schedule. Our students will well in that time, that time, five minutes every other day. And maybe later on, later on in the station, we can talk about some lessons and goals regarding the gardens. That's one change. Oh, definitely. Because I'm, I'm, from the standpoint of the class, there's a couple things that I'm curious about. The first one is, if I walked into the class, or you know, somebody walked in to observe what's going on, what would they see? And the second one is, what's been the response from the kids, and how is that um, sort of filtered into their other academic classes, if at all? Um, sure. So let's talk about the first one. What 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 does the curriculum look like? How does it lay out through the course of the year? And if somebody walked into the class, what sort of things would they see? Sure. Uh, great question. Uh, to be honest, the curriculum is still in development. Uh, but our our overarching goals, you know, in the first semester, what you would primarily is working through brain knowledge and brain. Uh, and the knowledge program developed out of Stanford. Basically, at its simplest level, it focuses on how the brain works. And our goal there is to teach kids how the brain works. Essentially, the brain works like a muscle in that it can grow. And that's one, you know, getting back to Jack. That's one of the things that's come out of her work, is that whereas once we thought IQ was a fixed quantity, uh, in fact, intelligence is not. It is something that can grow. Uh, the big buzzword we used before was that readiness, establishing a read, and that's, that's ultimately what makes that possible. So at the beginning of the course, it was work with work that curriculum and just showing the students how their brain works, how it can adapt to different environments, environments, challenges, and then filtering in throughout that some challenges, some different different tasks. And, and now, the course is really expanding. I walked in actually just the other day and saw on the student's screen grit manifesto. Uh, so what, what the course has worked into now is different groups of students working on capstone projects. The, the definition is what the acronym stands for, right? Uh, but all but all these students define a question or present a question, and then through exploration, uh, through curiosity, explore the answer. Uh, that may come in the way of, of, of logging, may come in the way of different. Uh, Different online tools. Uh, I actually got approval from our superintendent for the addition of 30 Chromebooks uh, to be specifically used for online. And so that will expand our capability when it comes to those skills to projects. So is the vision, um, I, when, I, when I was looking through, after I'd read your blog, I kind of um, the, there's a, 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 a website that you've got, Yuma Mindworks. Correct. Um, and I, I see, if I look there, there was uh, some Wordle sort of things. One developed by the 8th grade class, one by the 7th grade class. And now I'm going from memory, and that's never a good thing for me. But it, if I recall correctly, there was, um, like, one of those classes did a Wordle around the idea of grit and so, yeah, like, yeah, and, and that class was, had a different a theme or something. Topic. I'm sorry. I, I said grit was you know that was the that was the first major focus uh, was instilling a kid in, in the students you know what grit actually really. I mean uh -huh. it, it's, it's it's it goes far beyond just rising rising knowledge. It's that mindset mindset. As you stated As you say, earlier, it's that growth mindset in, 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 in telling yourself, I have to take the challenges. Uh, 
I have to be willing to accept failure. I have to be willing to accept mistake. Those are very powerful if a student is able to grasp those. And so that was our point. We knew that once we established in students a sense of grit, uh, at uh, least what it means to be gritty, gritty. Then, then the next stage is to let the curiosity come out. Because curiosity, in our opinion, can't really be fostered if students are unwilling to make a mistake, if, uh, if students are unwilling to, to fail here and here, because then they're, they're too afraid to try and try. Uh, so curiosity, so curiosity is, is really the really end because once you establish in students, students the ability for their curiosity, expand on their curiosity, there's no there's no ceiling, which is ultimately the growth mindset. There's no ceiling to ability at that point. Yeah, um, I, I've I've shared it uh, in several presentations I've done um, a little equation that basically has curiosity plus passion is much more important than intelligence. Right. That That's not from Dweck directly, but I think it, it kind of dovetails very, very much in terms of what she is what she is promoting with this whole mindset idea and and it sounds like that's kind of where you guys have gone with respect to what you're trying to instill in the kids that their curiosity and their passion about whatever it is they're working on is going to is going to be the key for them to have a a lifetime really of continual improvement which i mean let's be real that and and some basic skills in how to learn anything is way way more important than a a laundry list of topical standards or concepts that we want to teach the kids. If you turn them loose with the kind of things that, in my opinion, you're working on in in this class, the rest of it doesn't really matter what it is. The kids are going to learn anyway. They're going to pick it up just okay. by virtue of that being a challenge for them. Yep, that's that's that's, that's where we're coming from. Uh, that was well said. That's exactly our our point. Uh, is that adaptability again? Back to the the twenty first first century college and career readiness. You know, if the mindset is there, then those skills those skills are easy to easy. Now, um, in in terms of the program, you you mentioned that you're still kind of developing how this curriculum works. And you've gone through a couple stages over the last. Is this the first full year that you've done this, or? This is, yes, this is the first full year. Okay, so um, you, you mentioned that you're already kind of foreseeing some changes and um, and, and some modifications to what you're going to do. Talk a little bit about. Have you been sort of monitoring what's going on, or you're you're kind of fleshing this out as you go through it? Um, what what's working and what's not, uh, and where does that take you in the future? Well, that, and I can, I can answer that in the second part of your earlier questions. How are, how are the students responding? It's been very interesting to watch, and we take pretty close tabs on on the students to see what's what's working, working, working. Uh, at the beginning of the year, they actually. Uh, took uh, a grit grit, uh, grit survey uh, to see what their level was. It's, it's uh, uh, I think that I comes, think comes from from work. Uh, 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 students take a grit survey, which establishes a, uh, a number on a grit scale, and so then we'll re measure that at the end of the year and see how many students have increased their uh, their grit scale. Um, just from, Just from a pure observation, pure observation level, some of the students have not taken well to the course. Um, and it's because, it's because of the challenge. Uh, what we're finding is a lot of students are, are, are very afraid, and they react to variety of They're totally shut down. Um, 
It has to be reviewed a variety of students. Students, students ultimately want nothing to do with the course because they're afraid to be challenged. The the concept of learning to work through challenge is something that they're really struggling with. Uh, so it's been uh, so pretty interesting, but we've seen the other, the other end of the spectrum as well. Uh, you know, our students are applying it to their, uh, to their school, and even beyond actually behind me, I have a note from a student uh, on my uh talking about grit and how she applied to one of her classes when it came to, I, I think it came to studying for a test. And the content was very difficult, but she knew that she had to work hard in order to uh, order to do well on the test. And so I keep that up on my heart. Things like that I get motivated to continually work and perfect and improve the course. Um, but one of the things, kind of looking at here, and we're still discussing. We want to we see how these capstone projects. We're still early in the capstone process, so they've been so they've in their been for just a little over a week. So we don't so want to rush to conclusions yet about how next year is going to look. But one of the things that we uh, discussed the other day was perhaps looking at the students who participate, not having every student participate. Uh, one of the things we, we, we seek to do is to create here a school within a school, uh, a school designed for students who need a different learning plan, and what I mean by different is an accelerated learning plan. Students who are able to master basic content at a fast rate than their peers, and therefore challenge on the classroom. And so what we're discussing is the possibility of those students uh, and, and using MindWorks to create with them individualized learning plans, uh, you know, capstone projects, but individual learning plans, project-based learning plans uh, that allow them to take what they've mastered in the content area. Uh, and, and, and blow the roof off through uh, through, through projects and, and other hmm. Well, I, one thought that occurred to me: you were describing, you know, some kids felt um, kind of afraid or really sort of intimidated by the the whole idea of challenge. It, it sounds like the same that Dweck describes in her mindset book that you've kind of identified the kids with a fixed mindset and the kids with a growth mindset. Um, are, are you sort of focusing anything on working with those fixed mindset kids to try to sway that? Is that, is that the purpose of the capstone part of this? Uh, actually, you know, capstone, capstone comes in different levels. So yes, we are focusing on those students their capsule their projects will not be as rigorous as other students. Mm -hmm. No working is the same in any game, uh, but at a different level. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, that took place in the class right before Christmas or right after Christmas, I don't recall, is each student was given a, a, a small piece of one by pine wood. Uh, on, it, on it, they wrote a wrote challenge, challenge. Uh, and, and with, with graphics, graphics and whatever they decide. Uh, and, and then we taught them how to, how to break board. board. And oh, nice. Each, each student had the challenge in front of them, and uh, you know, with a swift, swift, swift open-handed punch, uh, broke through their challenge. Uh, so far, that's been the most well-received of anything that we've done so far. Uh, but, uh, but I did read some, read some comments on the projects. Those are going to go real well. Uh, interesting thing, though, back to students who haven't received it well. You know, 
one might, one might suspect that those would be the students who perhaps struggle academically to begin with. And that, and that, that for me, was, was the biggest part of Dwyer's part, the part that made the most impact on me was, you know, students well, who students have high intelligence may also have fixed mm -hmm. Right. And that was, you know, that was the biggest thing for me. And we've, we've seen that in our course, too. We have some students who, who are very intelligent uh, as learners, you know, when it comes to school. And they're not enjoying the class all that much either. Uh, and and our, you know, our hypothesis is the same thing. It's that, it's that strongly fixed mindset that is disallowing from, you know, letting go, uh, developing that gritty, gritty character uh, to remove that ceiling. You know, not just saying, well, I'm smart, smart enough. Uh, you know, transfer that to, well, I, I'm intelligent, but I know that I have to accept challenge to overcome challenge, uh, no matter what. So it's been very, very interesting. Definitely a study of nature. Yeah. And that, uh, I think the part of Dweck's book that I found um, most interesting is finding that secret sauce to help um, somebody with a fixed mindset make that paradigm change and actually, you know, come to believe that they can develop this growth mindset and and sort of take the lid off of what their own perception about, you know, what their abilities really are, or what their potential really is. Uh, and I I I I wish I could say I had my head wrapped around that very well, but I don't. Um, well, we haven't found the secret sauce by any means, but you know that's 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 the joy of what we're doing. Is if it doesn't work, we change the game. Uh, you know, we we have the liberty to um, experiment. I, mean, I hate to refer to my middle students as guinea pigs, uh, but it has involved experimentation. Uh, nice thing about me is, you know, I have a I have a son who's, who just turned twelve years old, and I, you know, I experiment on him. We've been working a lot at home with the growth mindset, uh, and it's presented some challenges to him as well. I coach basketball, coaches basketball. I, I think I think if coaches would establish a growth mindset philosophy in their coaching. You know, you talk you about talk paradigm shift. I think we would see a shift in, in uh, you know, how athletics go. Uh, so it, it's been a fun journey. Yeah, uh, and and it's interesting, you know, and the story of Michael Jordan, which I think Dweck also shared in her book. As a kid, he got cut from his high school basketball team, and it's not because the coach was stupid. Um, you know what what happened with Jordan had everything to do though with the growth mindset uh, and and the work and the effort that he put into improving himself to the point that he became the player he did um, you know and, and Dweck talks about lots of different examples of people in a lot of different fields that do that um, it's fascinating to me how strong that tendency is if you believe in a that that you've got a fixed mindset how that that really does kind of shut down your ability to grow past whatever you perceive your limits to be um, which you know like I said you know just the fact that you guys are having this conversation I think is is really incredible um, how have how have the parents responded to this you know for the most part it's been a positive response um, I was a little, to be honest with you, I was a little leery of what the response would be on our break, on our board breaking. Uh, but parents were amazed, and they understood why. You know, on the on the surface, we're just messing around breaking boards, but but underneath, there is a deeper purpose. And I think I think parents understood. Uh, you know, our reactions early on were a lot different. Um, 
you know, to be honest, we didn't promote the class as well as we probably should have. And that was a result of not knowing exactly where we were going to hit at the time of inception, when, you know, at the beginning of the year. We thought we would go at the beginning of the year has long since changed and, and, you know, and, and where we are now. The overarching thing, but how things have been, what, what's been going on in class, that's, you know, that's changed ever since. So initially, initially, we were very invisible. Uh, it wasn't really a negative response. It was just wanted to know what was going on. And now, with parent-teacher conferences, or those types of opportunities for parents are in the school, uh, my counselor can quite a line of her door. Uh, parents wanting to, to hear what's going on and what their students are bringing home. So, um, uh, we feel pretty good. So, um, back to the inception of this program. Did you pick this up at a conference? Did you? How, how did you even come up with the idea that you were going to create a course like this? You know, it's just been from long stemming conversations, uh, and ultimately, my view. You know, I've seen the problems that exist in education ever since I began as a teacher. You know, the simple fact that students are not receiving what they need. Uh, we're, you know, teachers, uh, teachers are too strapped with, uh, you know, with standards and with standardized testing. We're entering the month of March uh, here pretty soon and, and it's going to be We'll be strapped behind any type of instructional time uh, because here in Colorado, it's just it's one test after another, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, ultimately, it was just looking at the situation, jumping up about ten thousand feet, and being, what exactly is going on? Uh, I saw it every time I was a teacher. I, I was, you know, I, I don't know if rebel is the right term. You know, but I was a teacher who didn't necessarily pay attention much to standards. I worried more about, you know, what, is the, what do these students need to learn uh, in order to succeed? Yeah, I taught them English. Yeah, I taught them German. But ultimately, I taught them how to be thinkers. I taught them how to be socially responsible individuals. Um, you know, students who. who, who were able to raise themselves to a high academic bar. Um, yeah, I, and I have to say, I think in that, in that sense, you and I share a sort of common belief system. It was always important to me to talk to my students about pursuing their dreams and, and believing in themselves first as learners. I mean, I, you taught English and German. I taught oceanography and biology and science. But I knew going in that most of my kids were not in my class because they wanted to be junior oceanographers. Um, you know, it was a science class. It would fulfill a graduation requirement. And the ocean itself was kind of an interesting place. And so, you know, they chose that as one of their science classes. But to to purely say that I I was going to turn them all into junior oceanographers I think would be naive on anybody's part. Um, you know, for you to say every kid in your class is going to speak German like a native when they're done, um, some kids had the the sort of motivation that they would be better at it than others. But for us to be able to talk to them about you know pursuing their passions and you know understanding there's a relationship between effort and outcome and those sorts of things was always more important to me than, you know, the content itself. Well, and the, what, was always de what has always been depressing to me has been the lowering of the, uh, lowering of the reservoir. You know, we view students, uh, we view students by limitation. Uh, whether you know whether it's, it's a, a language deficiency, whether it's a disability, uh, you know whether it's an IQ issue, what have you, 
Uh, that's just always been depressing to me. My, you know, my, I've always been over in a rising generations on both. And the expectation for me, no matter what level my students were at coming in, my expectation was the same. Um, you know, the belief, I mean, it started with me and the simple, simple belief that, that everybody's capable of this. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, in many ways, I was a mindset guy before I knew it. Uh, but, but that's, that's always how I've operated. There was a very interesting article uh, recently in one of the one of the Colorado education journals talking about the debate of lowering graduation rates. And I just I hate to see things like that because that 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 ultimately lowering that economic rigor rigor. You know, right. saying, well, we're going to adjust the bar based on our perceived, our perception of a student's ability, not that we're going to do what it takes to get them to the bar that they need to be at. Yeah. And, and generate in them some confidence that they can be an independent learner regardless of the, the path that they pursue. Correct. Um, which, you know, frankly, I mean, that's, that's at the heart of the work that Dweck has done and not just in education but it definitely has huge implications for what we do in the classroom. How, how by the way did you come up, did you did you seek out the, the program that Dweck has? Um, did you adopt it full-blown or did you just sort of put your own program together using the concepts from from what you got from um, Dweck and, and Franklin and and the others. Well, the 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 program, the online program, Brainology, that just came across the table uh, through our, our research on Dweck and, and the others, mm -hmm. uh, and, and we saw that as a very uh, you know a very good good what we were going to try to do it through my um, you know, to have an established curriculum really gave us a little bit of breathing room to, to further develop the program. Uh, but it was quality just because it was based on uh, all of the research that we've done. And then you added to that, um, it, it sounds like everything that else was, was our creation. And yes. when I say our creation, I'm primarily saying my counselor's creation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, so the kids went through the brainology thing and sort of understood what a learning process looks like, how the brain works, and, and how plastic and flexible it is. Um, the sort of stuff that, I mean, I haven't looked at the, that program so much as, you know, just read Dweck's work and attended a couple lectures that she did. And then you added the capstone work and the project-based work after that. Um, and so do you see that carrying out through the end of the year? Are you going to do a second project? How, how do you... Well, again, it'll, it'll probably be determined on the, by the students and uh, you know, how, the, how the capstone project goes. They, they've... Uh, they seem to be getting along pretty well. We anticipate that this, and again, we're going to hit a bump in the road just because things will get interrupted when we hit testing time. So we don't really have the rest of the year. Uh, so we're going to push to 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 complete quality capstone projects before the end of the year. That's all. That's all the goal. And. As I, you know, going back to the to the website, the the kids are actually publishing their work, right? And they're going to share. Uh, ultimately, when they're done with their projects, will those yes. all be shared there, or just yes. some? Yeah. yeah. And how much, you know, they have they have hidden pieces to the website, uh, and I don't, you know, ultimately. I don't know what the plan for that is, if, if eventually that will become published, but they do a lot of their work inside to the website, uh, just so they have access to it while they're working. When it's completed, 
uh, honestly, we haven't really discussed that, what, uh, what happened. So, uh, you know, right now, you, you see what's on the website. I know she has yet to upload some more videos of those that have been going on in the class. Uh, students will, will expand their work to a little more blogging, uh, things of that nature. So, um, yeah, we hope to get a lot of the, the, the mind work. You know, whereas brain works, human brain works, um, was developed for the overarching uh, scope of the of what we're doing. Human mind works, and it's solely for the in those classes. Okay. Uh, and so that will, that will continue to expand. What is what is viewable, what is published on those, will continue to expand. Jess, are are you aware of other schools? Um, that are doing similar things, and if so, have you been in touch with them? And is there any collaboration, either ongoing or or in the future? Do you do you see this as spreading out at all? Well, I, I certainly hope it spreads out. Uh, you know, our 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 goal, uh, you know, Elaine, the counselor, and I, you know, our goal is to 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 publish, you know, what we've done as well. Uh, that kind of started with the article that I wrote. Uh, she's looking to do some published work, and so we hope to put that out there too, and you know, provide resources, provide schools resources if it's something something like to implement. We do come across things here and there about about schools doing related work. I don't believe anybody's doing the work that we're doing. Uh, you know, a lot of schools. Work on some of the terminology, uh, the grit, curiosity, character, social intelligence, those types of words. Uh, you know, your tip schools uh, focus on this uh, as well. Um, you know, as far as our course, our program, uh, we have not come across anybody doing what we are doing. You know, a lot of schools see the value in developing a student's grit. Honestly, I don't think they know where to take them, you know, beyond just a, a, a water one curriculum. Uh, we're really hoping to do a lot more than that. And like I said, expand, expand this. Our interest is not only students at Yuma Middle School, uh, our, our interest is, is kids across the board. Uh, the interesting thing is, is, is on our website, uh, we probably have as many hits outside of, of Yuma. We probably have as many hits internationally as we do with the United States. That's pretty encouraging to us as well. I, I think this is a concept that everybody at least tacitly acknowledges. What I think is interesting is that you've actually taken it to the next level and integrated it into your curriculum. Um, and uh, for me, at least, as a school administrator, what I find interesting is you've, you've basically said, this is an important enough concept that we're going to take a period out of the day for our middle school kids, and we're going to talk about this in detail. And it's going to be an ongoing thing, not a little two-day seminar or something like that, but it's actually an ingrained part of the program um, and and frankly I I think that's commendable I it's it's the way it ought to be everywhere this is and a conversation that needs to be had and I'm glad I'm glad you bring that up because that's you know, that was exactly our goal is we didn't want to just talk about it we didn't want to just do the Friday assembly Right. So a new word of the week, or a new word of the month. You know, this week we'll focus on grit. We want to make it a living, breathing part of the students' lives, and we did feel uh, that it was it was necessary uh, and a vital vital part to giving these students what they need. Any any conversations about moving the program down to the elementary grades in some way? Uh, we're not we're not quite there yet. Uh, at this point, we feel that that our focus group is the right focus group, meaning these middle school students, uh, you know, students who are at that. You know, not that elementary students aren't aren't pliable as well, but this is 
this is a, a target. We feel this is the right target aid for implementing a program like uh, establishing that. We're really excited to see the fifth grade. You know, if we're able to continue this uh, long term, we're really excited to see our fifth grade now as eighth grade in high school. Uh, how they will be able to adjust entering that freshman year. That is such mm -hmm. a transitional year uh, that presents difficulty for a lot of students. And so we're really excited to see, uh, you know, the, uh, how, that's, how that allows them to adapt much better. Yeah, and I, you know, I think you and I share a lot of similar attitudes about the nature of standardized testing, but I'll be real curious on the other side of that coin to see how your students, after spending some time, you know, doing this program and having conversations, if that does have any uh, impact on on their achievement levels, you know, and and the, the test could, in some ways, sort of measure that. Um, are you seeing? improved grades? Are you seeing any academic indicators in their other classes that it's having any um, any impact? You know, we don't, we haven't really looked at any type of quantifiable data in, you know, in regards to that. We're really going just by, by conversations with students, uh, you know, hearing from the field, uh, what, uh, you know, how mind works is applying to um, you know, applying to their, to their school a lot, beyond just the modern class. Um, you know, I think, I think they're still adjusting. Uh, you know, now that we, again, just, just early into the Capitone project, uh, you know, I think, they're, I think it's still an adjustment phase, even though this is, this is month number five of, of, of uh, Mind works. Interesting. I know uh, we've, in, in my district, we've got some teachers who have sort of, they haven't done anything approaching what you've done, but they've worked with the kids in a more student-centered way and sort of challenged the kids to be more in charge of their learning and, and really adopt the same sort of attitudes without, you know, formalizing it and, and actually focusing on it the way that you have. But even in, in the small-scale ways that these teachers have done it, conversations with parents about the attitude their kids have about school and about their work and about what they're interested in and what they want to work on have, have been remarkably uniform in a positive direction. Um, you know, I can think of a couple cases where last year these kids were in student study teams almost all year long. They were behavior problems. They had absence issues. And this year in this different sort of classroom environment, um, they don't miss school. And they go home and they beg their parents to give them more time to work on things. And, you know, they get their homework done, but they don't want to put their stuff away. They want to continue to sort of pursue these things. Um, and really, that's the kind of thing that we're looking for: is kids that are gonna they're gonna pursue these things as passions, and and, and they're gonna be curious about this stuff beyond just meeting the requirements of the assignment. They're gonna carry it off to the next level. You know, one of the other things we did at Yuma Middle School this year is we uh, instituted student-led conferences. And they were they were indirectly related to uh, MindWorks, you know, shifting that from uh, you know teacher driven to student driven. And, and one of the requirements for the student led conference was, uh, you know, they they had their portfolio with some of the work that they had done, but they were really really encouraged to put in pieces of work. Uh, that they didn't do so well on, be it a test, be it a project, something they struggled with, and then have that conversation with their parents talking about how they overcame that obstacle, that setback. Um, you know, here's you know, here, here's a test I did early on, and here's what I did to rectify that. Here's what I did to take care of that, to address that.
Uh, so that was a that was a very positive experience as well. And teachers, uh, you know, their response was, was overwhelmingly positive as well. They didn't know what to expect. Honestly, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but parents, students, and a lot of apprehension on the part of the students beforehand. Um, but uh, at the end, uh, it was very well received. Well, Jess, uh, the the work you're doing is is really really cool, um, and I'm going to follow up um, in in a few months or at the beginning of the next year. I'm I'm really curious to see how this thing evolves and 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 how it plays out and what you do with it. It's the sort of thing that you know we're definitely interested in, and I'm sure others are also. If people want to, they want to learn more about what's going on. Um, where would they go? How would they kind of dial into your program and see what's happening? You bet. The simplest way is to get on the web, go to yumabrainwork.com. Uh, that is okay. the student site. We also have yumabrainworks.com. Uh, and on there, uh, there's a principal's corner section, uh, which is where I do some occasional blogging. There's a piece from our superintendent talking about his views on student success. Uh, and we've got some other items on there as well. Uh, just kind of get a, get a picture of our overarching sequence for everything. Uh, but you know, my work, excuse me, you my brain, brain. I get the two confused myself. <laughs> YumaMindWorks.com. Uh, that would be the uh, the best view of what's actually taking place in the class. Okay, great. And um, we'll put both of those sites up on the show notes so people can refer to that when we uh, w when we get this podcast put up on the on the on the website. Are Are you on Twitter or do you? I am on Twitter. Uh, my uh, uh, growth guy uh, at Buller Jess. Um, growth guy. At growth guy. Got it. Okay, great. And we'll put that up there too. Well, Jess, I, I want to thank you very much for coming on and, and sharing this. Uh, I think it's really incredible work. I wish you and your counselor and your kids all the best. Um, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, like you said, long term how this plays out. Um, and uh, we're going to pay attention to this and see what happens. So, well, thank I, you I very appreciate much very much, Mike, the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, it, it's great to have people like you out there get, keeping the conversation alive and and going and getting helping people like me get things out there. So I really do appreciate it. Well, cool. And, and we will continue this conversation. So thanks again. Uh, this has been another episode of Reboot Ed. And uh, we'll be back in a week or so with another guest. Uh, but just thanks again. And uh, like I said, I wish you all the best. All right. Thanks, Mike. Music by Kevin McLeod.